Welcome to the India Fintech Diaries, the only podcast focused exclusively on the Indian fintech market. I'm Elroy. And I'm Heman. In each episode, we dive into the latest trends, ideas, innovations, business models, and personalities that are shaping India's fintech landscape. We also invite amazing guests who are innovators and industry players that are driving the change that is helping make financial services more modern, innovative, and inclusive in India. Come join us as we explore the changing landscape of fintech in India. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of India Fintech Diaries. I'm your co-host Elroy, and this is the show where we discuss the latest trends in Indian fintech, speak to some amazing guests from the industry, and deep dive into specific fintech themes. And I'm your co-host Hemant. This week, we are talking to one of the hottest new entrants that enables digital banking services for SMEs. I am very pleased to welcome Gurjot Pal Singh, CEO of Tide India, the fintech bringing digital first banking services to SMEs. Welcome on the show, Gurjot Pal. Thank you, Hemant. Glad to be here. Pleasure to have you on the show, Gurjot Pal. For our listeners, it would be great if you could give us a short introduction to yourself and Tide. Absolutely. Um, so I uh, have joined Tide as uh, India CEO in Jan this year. Prior to this, I have been, um, you know, into financial services and fintech all through my career. My last role was uh, with PayU, uh, where I spent uh, around seven and a half years. I was founder for SME payments business at PayU and scaled that business, you know, ran it and scaled it for around four years. And in my second half of my role at PayU, I was, uh, you know, part of uh, our global M&A effort uh, into India-focused uh, fintechs. Uh, so with that in backdrop, I have decent interest in SMES segment and, uh, you know, within fintech neobanking uh, as, a, as a segment. And both these come together with, with Tide and bringing Tide, which is a very successful platform focused on SMEs in the UK uh, to India market. Uh, now, Tide is the top challenger bank focused on SMEs in the UK. We have uh, more than 5% market share. Uh, so practically every one out of 20 SMEs in UK is, is a tied uh, uh, user. As a business, uh, you know, aspire to serve around 25% of global SMEs. Uh, now, considering that we had significant market share in UK and considering we have a business of uh, significant size in UK and the product has seen decent traction and has solved, you know, uh, solved pain points for SMEs. It was very natural for us to, uh, you know, to go to other markets. And, uh, you know, India by, by virtue of its, you know, sheer size as a market, uh, from a SME standpoint and, uh, from, uh, the way economy is moving towards, uh, digitization and the way regulator is positive on, um, digitization as well as, uh, you know, enabling, helping fintechs, uh, you know, enable the ecosystem. Uh, so all these, uh, because of all these positives and reasons, uh, we've chosen India as our first market, you know, to internationalize. And uh, that's that's an effort we are uh, presently executing. Uh, you know, Gujarat Paul, the MSME sector has long been called the backbone of the Indian economy. You know that we've seen the evolution of the sector from one that's largely been manufacturing very simple products to one producing very competitive and sophisticated goods today. Now, you've worked also worked at some of the most interesting firms in Indian fintech, including PayU and Bank Bazaar, uh, before moving to Tide. So, tell us what excites you most about the SME space. Well, um, 
see one thing which stands out for me uh, you know from a sme standpoint is that you know these people create real value in the in the economy uh, be it manufacturing be it servicing or be it retailing uh, these people put in lot of effort and uh, things are not very streamlined for them uh, the access to to say working capital the access to you know to upstream and downstream of of their businesses it's it's not very efficient so they face inefficiency at each uh, step of execution uh, and from that standpoint uh, right i feel that these the, this this segment is generally underserved and because of that what happens is uh, you know that uh, if you build a business which actually solves a pain point uh there is decent traction for it this segment also is happy to pay for that value if something delivers value for their business uh, you know they would they would pay for that and from both these standpoints i i believe that overall uh, you know we could see lot more businesses you know focus and build out on this uh, on this segment typically you know most of the businesses either go for a very large enterprise as a segment because of the obvious traction that they get or you know they go chasing the consumer segment and the general feeling is that the smes will pick and choose from these two categories and you know they will pick up the products that would serve them but which is not uh, you know true and essentially what happens is that at the end of the day smes remain underserved so to look at their pain points and essentially bringing them products which solve their uh, business pain points uh, i believe that brings lot of value to the to the ecosystem and economy as such and uh, you are on at the back of it uh, able to build a large uh, you know scaled business which is which has decent uh, unit economics as well at times we have seen that building such a business in in retail consumer segment is much much difficult right Uh, so from that standpoint uh, sme as a segment i believe is pretty underserved it's it's uh, there are ample number of areas where it could be disrupted in the indian internet uh, and startup world we've seen bunch of very good organization solve number of pain points for these be it supply chain be it uh, uh, you know digitizing them be it solving some pains of of them uh, across the value chain be it payments be it credit uh, but people have uh, solved decent problems and added a lot of value and created good businesses uh, focused on this sector understood goizotwal in fact i completely agree with you and i am also very bullish and very long on this particular trend and generally when i look at a trend and uh, i want to evaluate whether i am very interested and keen on it the three questions right one is the market attractive the second is why now and the third is what are the second order impacts of the trend which is happening and from that point of view if you see the market attractiveness and need of it you have just covered the second part is why now i think it's extremely interesting that the the new generation of these smes are taking over who are digitally more savvy so that's there second is the penetration of internet uh, and smartphone has really enabled us to now reach the msme segment and really serve them and third i think in some way the uh, pandemic has 
anyways accelerated the digitization that we are seeing so from why not perspective i think there has never been a better time to drive digitization in smes and from second order impact uh, which gurjotpal you were covering uh, is also that when we do digitization a lot of data sources and data uh, availability will is going to increase on the msme which is only going to help us deliver credit products which uh, this particular segment has been deprived of or uh, underserved as you rightly said from your point of view i also understand your views on uh, this particular trend of digitization and the implication that it may have in the growth one on the industry and the other is on the country itself right this is this is a very good uh, aspect um, to to chat about so uh, the access to digital right uh, has improved manifold which is which is great uh but i think uh, the other piece uh, which has happened is that the inertia for anybody to you know do things themselves the diy products right uh so when i was launching the payments product at payu for smes uh, you know it was a diy product but we had to put in lot of effort to you know get smes to accept or uh, understand that diy and to train them on that diy once that was that piece was through you know we were able to generate good business there uh, but over time that was back in 2013 over time from um, uh, you know over over last 7 8 years i see that there is a, an amazing change in the ecosystem where uh, you know diy products are picked up upon uh, if you deliver good value and good experience uh you know smes uh, would would pick it up uh, you know would learn to use the product would get value out of it the other brilliant part of smes is that if you deliver value for them uh there is a brilliant word of mouth this is a community which works very closely uh, with with others in the in the ecosystem in the economy so if you deliver value for one sme um you know believe me uh, he's going to ensure that 50 others pick up your product or at least he's going to recommend that product to at least 50 others so from that standpoint as well uh, you know it, this is uh, this is good in terms of timing now coming back to the to the point uh, where uh, you know you mentioned how will the digitization help the economy as such uh so uh, see with digitization two two things happen one there is lot of efficiency added uh, in 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 the way they conduct their business right which essentially gives them lot of time and money back uh, you know so that they could focus on their their core business that's one second with with this digital footprint uh you know there is uh, availability of alternative data of data which was not available till now for traditional uh, you know sector to underwrite uh and you know and and because of that uh, you know these uh, smes had to look at the unorganized sector for uh, for for you know funding their working capital uh, and from that standpoint that was inefficient that was more expensive and it again eats out uh, eats into their uh, profitability of their business and hence hampers uh, their overall growth now you know with this uh, data getting available getting recorded uh, it's 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 amazing uh, but the the next level of impact will come when this data is used pragmatically to underwrite right the data might be available but is somebody ready to look at it uh, is somebody ready to pick it up and use it uh, to extend a working capital line to the sme 
that is a question that we need to uh, need to answer and that is a pain point that uh, as a sector uh, you know fintechs like us have to have a very important role to play you know if you just abstract out and look at this um, if you look at how unorganized in the unorganized sector how somebody a money lender underwrites uh, you know a really micro sme he he would have his own heuristic he would have his own ways of looking at uh, uh, that sme looking at his business model and then figuring out how much he could lend him and for what period when when you go deeper into these models right you see people lending a line uh, in the morning and doing the collections in the evening right the the time frame for which that line is uh, is given out and the amounts those uh, uh, you know those vary uh, big time and from that standpoint i think uh, you know the unorganized sector brings in the right product for the sme at the right time and that's that's why the sme takes it it might be expensive now the challenge is how do you bring in similar products uh, for smes how do you use that alternative data make sense of it and then how do you you know give similar kind of lines at a cost which is more affordable for the sme uh, you know overall so it's it's win win for both the sme is able to do more in terms of uh, business and profitability and fintechs will be able to build out robust businesses uh, so the real competition here would be uh, you know to replace the unorganized lending which the smes uh, have to resort to in the in the absence of uh, efficient credit option uh, you know in, in, in absence of that uh, guzur pal let's some excellent insights uh, let's also look maybe switch focus a little and look at uh, the effects of the pandemic on the sme sector ever since the pandemic started last year the impact has been substantial because in many cases especially in manufacturing uh, firms couldn't run their factories uh, f- for pretty much the entire duration of the lockdown and now the second wave has also quite badly crippled them Uh, now the government of india also had put out some projections before the pandemic uh, stating that the sme sector would probably be responsible for uh, 50% of gdp by 2024 and constitute 60% of exports and provide an additional 40 million jobs obviously some of these uh, predictions will not come true given the impact uh, in your estimation how badly do you think smes have been affected by the pandemic uh, well um, my sense is uh, you know that they have been uh, one of the worst hit um, hit segments you know overall if you look at the data which is which is coming out in terms of you know how many of them had to downsize so it's it's close to 70% right there were reports in 2020 itself that uh, you know close to 40% of them had to had to shut shop so overall you know i think the the uh, the smes have been hit hard and uh, i think in the second wave uh, the 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 hit will be um, uh, will be harsher and uh, uh, you know it will have its second order impact on the economy as such because uh, you know the the number of uh, uh, number of jobs that the the smes create uh, so that in itself uh, you know uh, will will create a second order of slowdown um, in in the economy as such Uh, so it is very critical very important uh, for the economy as such uh, that the smes bounce back from uh, this uh, uh, you know double hit if i may say and uh, uh, you know come out strong uh, once the uh, once once the vaccination is rolled out once the economy starts uh, moving back to normal uh, 
so i think uh, you know it will be it will be very critical and uh, uh, you know regulator is doing their bit i believe banks are trying to do their bit overall the the entire financial services and the fintech ecosystem i think will have to step up to to support this uh, this bounce back but you know as they say in in every challenge there is an opportunity so it's it's also an opportunity so as uh, the smes start rebuilding their businesses there is a definite opportunity which is uh, which which the fintechs can pick up on and uh, you know build out things products for smes to to ensure that they are uh, you know which assist them in bouncing back and in the process the fintechs are also able to build out uh good businesses uh you know out of this this opportunity which is available additionally gujjitpal and elroy if you see nearly all of us and all three of us today agree that uh, digitization is, is a huge opportunity we also agree that the timing is right the digital infra is getting built so we can access the msmes and provide digitization uh, services to them third is uh, that the total exposure of msme credit exposure is 232 billion usds and then there is a gap of usd 219 billion that means that opportunity on the credit side is humongous or colossal now if all of these things are there what exactly is is the challenge or gaps that's stopping the entire industry from walking this path that we clearly foresee um i think uh, you know the uh, the biggest issue or the biggest challenge for a business to to serve smes is is in terms of unit economics for businesses to do well for sme focused businesses to do well the unit economics have have to work out now you know how how would that happen these the ticket sizes are not as good as businesses which focus on enterprises and the numbers are not as high as uh, you know um, as the businesses which focus on consumers so uh, you know the business has to the business who is focusing on smes they need to uh, get their unit economics right that is very important if you spend too much in serving a sme uh, you, your your business would not look positive and you would not be able to scale uh, now that is a that is a challenge you need uh, to do the business at scale in a way that uh, you know your unit economics work now uh, you know that is where i feel that the opportunity is is amazing for fintechs because because the way fintechs bring in technology right they could deliver these services at a efficient cost that's one second fintechs typically focus on uh, on solving problems use case by use case uh, which is not so uh, straightforward for a traditional for a, for a traditional bank or traditional financial services firm now when they do that right they are able to target uh, a particular problem statement and bring a efficient uh, solution with with use of technology which is scalable at at a efficient cost so because of these i i believe sme specifically as a as a segment can be solved by fintechs because of the inherent focus and uh, efficiency which which technology brings uh, uh, to table uh, and hence they can play an an important part as compared to traditional financial services firms i think this is an excellent time to introduce uh, tide into the picture tell us a little bit about the tide origin story high level business model and uh, what's the secret ingredient that let you guys to actually be so successful in the uk hmm. 
Excellent. So, uh, you know, Tide as an organization was founded in 2015 and we uh, launched our uh, full scale product uh, somewhere in 2017. And, uh, uh, you know, we are a, a business, business financial services platform and we, you know, help SMEs save time and money, uh, you know, while, while they're running their businesses. So we, we bring in business accounts. But along with that, we bring in all the related, uh, uh, you know, banking and financial services and all the, all the, uh, all the solutions which a SME would, would need on one platform. The challenge, uh, you know, which SMEs uh, face is that, you know, they are typically a, a single person run show. Uh, they do not have the luxury of having a, a, a finance department, right? Um, if they need to get an external help, they'll have to, they'll have to spend uh, through on, on an accountant. Now in UK, what we do is we, we target SMEs and we help them right from, uh, you know, setting up their business entity, helping them set up an account, giving them their first set of instruments like cards, etc., for themselves as well as their, their employees. And then we help them do, uh, you know, pains, payouts, uh, you know, the overall taxation, uh, invoicing, etc. Along with this, we bring to them, uh, you know, credit for their working capital. And lastly, we bring uh, to them financial services of, uh, of which a very important part is helping them collect their, uh, you know, outstanding payments. Uh, so when we do all this for them, so essentially the platform takes care of uh, their financial and uh, admin needs as such. Uh, they save a lot of time and money, which they would have to uh, have to spend if they they use the traditional route. Uh, now, just on the Tide platform, they could set up their business, they could register their business, uh, they could start taxation for their business, they could uh, you know issue spend cards to their fleet, uh, you know they could send out invoices, they could send out reminders. Uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, they could get access to credits all on one platform. So this is, uh, you know, what has made, uh, Tide the preferred platform for SMEs in the UK. Now, what has helped us deliver this? I believe what has helped us deliver this is our sheer focus on, on SMEs as a segment. The nearest competitor as a challenger bank that we have and others as well. Uh, they are not just focusing on SMEs. SMEs is one of the categories which uh, which they bring out products to. And as I said earlier, right, uh, when you are doing consumers, uh, large enterprises, and SMEs, typically it is the SME which which uh, which gets ignored in this entire effort. So our focus on SMEs, I believe, has helped us deliver the kind of value which which we bring uh, which which we bring to uh, to SMEs. That's very interesting, uh, Gujarpal. I think one important uh, insight for me from what you just spoke about, right, is uh, while there was no focus when Tide launched in the UK on specifically the SME segment, that's actually changing as far as India is concerned. If you just look at the last maybe two years or so, we had had a, had a number of SME-focused neobank uh, launches in India, Open being the most prominent among them and the more recent ones being uh, folks like uh, Razorpay X, for example. So just curious to get your insights on how do you see the entire new banking landscape in India uh, kind of uh, change uh, specifically in terms of uh, new banks that are focused on the SME segment. 
yes, there is a, a really good uh, traction overall um, on the neo banking space, and that too focused on SMEs. And I would say, uh, you know, neo banks for SMEs uh, are are the first segment uh, which which neo banks are targeting in India, which is actually uh, you know quite refreshing and amazing. Um, now, having said that, uh, you know, uh, of course, Open and RazorPayX are, uh, are are two uh, products which uh, are the, out there in the market and are solving uh, problems for SMEs. From from our standpoint, right, um, I see, uh, you know, I, I view India as a very large market. And, uh, uh, you know, my sense is that, you know, it is never going to be a winner takes it all uh, uh, kind of a market and more so on, on the SME new banking space. So I believe there is uh, uh, there is space for multiple players to do uh, some really good work. Uh, I believe all of us would uh, would be focusing on certain set of uh, problems which uh, our products uh, deliver on, which uh, you know, which our technology uh, delivers on. So from that standpoint, I believe uh, you know we we all will will thrive in the ecosystem. My view is that you know in India, not just the SME focused neo banks, but there are other players as well who are solving uh, you know. Uh, some pain point for SMEs, and they've started solving some part of uh, the the overall platform for SME problem. Uh, you know, at scale, uh, the likes of uh, you know Khata Book and OK Credit have uh, you know have done a lot of work on uh, you know on ledger on invoicing that that part of of the financial platform. <clears throat> I would say there are firms like ClearTax which has which have done. Uh, you know, bunch of things on on taxation side. Uh, you know, bunch of others as well. Uh, there are people who have uh, you know solved for upstream and downstream supply chain or markets. I would say. Now, uh, you know, when you look at all these players, of course, everybody will uh, try to do uh, some broad based kind of product, right? So, for example, Razorpay X is trying to solve uh, you know the the banking problem. You know, with a focus on the merchants or the segment they are serving right now with with their providing service right uh, which which is again a, a, a niche and will have a a set of requirements uh, you know visa is a, a okay credit or a khata book which is actually solving for a micro sme who has a outlet right so you know uh, when when i say that everybody has aspiration to uh, you know broad base the product but with that, I believe there is a lot of opportunity of collaboration in the in the ecosystem, and you know fintech ecosystem as such uh, one, and even the overall financial services uh, ecosystem. You know, I see this this as one sector which is very open, and 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 people do collaborate on various pieces. And as we we uh, build out our product, and as we interact with uh, with stakeholders in the ecosystem, I. I feel the same. So there will be a lot of collaboration and, uh, you know, collaborative product uh, work, which we will do uh, with fintechs in the ecosystem and with, of course, with, with, uh, with other, um, uh, you know, with other players like banks, schemes, NBFCs, uh, even NPCI. Uh, so, of course, uh, there as well. But along with that, I, I see us collaborating with a lot of fintechs as well.
Amazing, amazing. Gujarat Pal, I really love the way you are looking at the market as a matrix, where the MSME part itself and we let's put them on the rows are distributed between extremely micro SMEs, which may want to access everything on mobile phones and should be very, very simple to moving on to maybe very, very large MSMEs, which are using, using something like SAP one for the ERP. And on the column side, then you have distributed into saying accounting services, payment services, credit lending services a different taxation services all that on that side so it creates a very uh, big matrix with different pockets that can be selected by different players who are playing the market and play in that niche and the niches are itself are large enough to create very large businesses but the other thing is uh, gujot pal that whenever we talk about fintech uh, we cannot not talk about uh, regulations so if i see at the uk play that you have the regulations for neo banking or challenger banking are very evolved in the uk market and the indian market is as usual a little different so can you help us understand how the india setup or the way you will set up india and the way it will play is different from the uk play that you have the way we see uh, we see regulation uh, you know there are uh, though both economies are very different and uh, uh, you know there are different approaches but at uh, from from uh, our business standpoint the way we have built out platform in the uk we believe we will we would be able to do it in in the in in a similar fashion right uh, from an ecosystem standpoint right uh, you know i see uh, that the indian uh, indian banks and i believe the regulator has ensured and encouraged that the indian banks uh, you know do collaborate with with fintechs uh the indian banks have positive interest in going to segments to which they cannot serve or reach out themselves through fintechs right so that's good that's pragmatic and uh you know that is a big tick uh in in terms of the way we do things in the uk and the way we we want to work in it, in india and from that standpoint for our bank account service we have uh you know announced our partnership with rbl bank this is uh, you know very similar to to the way uh, we do things in uk where uh, you know we bring the bank account product in collaboration with clear bank so it's 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 quite similar that ways you know uh, the second uh, uh, piece which you mentioned is that uh, neo banking is quite evolved in in uk uh, yes uh, you know definitely the the neo banking from a regulation standpoint is quite evolved in uk as well as europe and uh, you know but i see that uh, you know regulator in india is moving in the positive direction i believe that india does not have to you know copy europe or uk india will uh, figure out its own way which india has done in so many internet business models which uh, you know india has done in financial uh services specifically and you know i believe we have a very pragmatic regulator who have made the right changes at the right time to ensure that the reach of financial services is immense now if you look at what what changes regulator has made in the recent past right <clears throat> so enabling uh, video kyc last year uh, was an excellent step and uh, you know if you see this year they have followed it up by by including proprietors into into the scheme of things of video kyc they started with individual last year and now they have already included proprietorships right so you know a very very positive move similarly if you see the recent announcement that has been on the ppis 
you see that uh, you know they have uh, tried to empower uh, the non banks in this entire uh, scheme and uh, you know i believe that the regulator has this firm belief that uh, that fintechs and non banks will play a very important role uh, in the economy to take financial services to the to the segments and to the to the areas where uh, the traditional setup has not reached at the scale at which they would have expected to so from that standpoint i believe we are in in a very good space and uh, you know over next uh, couple of years i i see uh, things moving uh, moving north uh, every quarter uh, expect the regulator to to move on this uh, and uh, uh, you know there will be positive moves uh, as as someone running uh, a neo bank trying to create a SME focused product in India. I already feel, uh, you know, empowered in terms of partnerships, in terms of the rails which are available, uh, uh, you know, to deliver the service. And as these uh, these, these become even more pro digital, I think it will it will be a shot in the in the arm for uh, new banks like us. On that hopeful note, I and Elroy were so excited about having this discussion with you that we uh, forgot to congratulate you on your announcement on partnership with RBL and I think an excellent partner that you have, have you have in this journey with you. That's excellent. Before you leave us, uh, Gurjot Pal, I also wanted to have your views on or a little bit of crystal gazing of how do you think this all this SME digitization and this market space you see shaping up, say, by 2025? I don't know. It's very difficult, but still some crystal ball gazing from you see i believe uh, that you know we would have uh, mm, uh, we would have gone a long way in in 5 years right i already see that regulator is is quite supportive and encourage uh, encourages the the fintech ecosystem as such and uh, you know over over next uh, 5 years i believe uh, there would be there would be a lot of pro SME and pro digital uh, uh, pieces which will which will play out uh, the kind of investment which which is being made by the government in ensuring the overall digital infra uh, that's that's amazing and uh, you know that will enable both SMEs as well as uh, uh, you know fintech as segments and you know we are at the overlap of 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 both um, so that is amazing um, if you see uh, the kind of impact which NPCI has brought, and now we we would have a, a new umbrella entity coming in. Just just imagine, uh, you know, the kind of impact that can have on building uh, the overall infra for for uh, uh, you know for for digitization. Uh, so overall, you know, I think we will be in a very different space, uh, 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 you know, in in twenty twenty five. Uh, but again, uh, I think Rome was not built in a day. It's uh, it's a journey which uh, we as ecosystem uh, will have to take, and uh, we we should uh, expect regulator to open things up. But there is no point in just opening anything unless you have you know some infrastructure at the base to to run it right. So that has to follow, and uh, and I believe uh, you know there is there is clear plan uh, which. Uh, uh, which which regulator has and uh, you know these things will start opening up uh, uh, you know over over next um, we will see a lot of things open up over next five years let me just give you a simple example right so uh, with the ppi announcement they said that the wallets will become interoperable right 
now uh, you know it is easier said than done now you know uh, the the detailed uh, regulation which came they would have to create a base layer to ensure this interoperability right and uh, you know for that they already have a plan and they said that that will be up and running uh, you know by end of this financial year and from april 22 uh, this interoperability will 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 start so this is a big thing right uh, you know having a clear executional plan it is not just just lip service and you know the other piece which regulator does very well in india is that uh, you know they have not allowed creation of walled gardens you know something which which happened in in uh, uh, economy like china uh, so that is uh, that is uh, uh, you know very good it encourages competition it encourages uh, you know digital players to do uh, innovative stuff and it ensures there is space for everybody uh, so uh, you know all that will will help india create a a robust uh, neo banking framework Gurjod, it was amazing speaking to you and I think we are excited and looking forward to the journey that Tide is going to have in India. Uh, in case people are interested to know more about Tide, can you help us understand what are the ways that they can get in touch with you to understand more about the company? Yes, uh, see, we uh, already, uh, you know, have our uh, India Focus website uh, up and running. Uh, we are collecting uh, interest from our early users, people who want to be our early users. And uh, with them, uh, you know, once somebody comes and registers on that, uh, you know, we uh, share our progress and uh, the set of things which, which we are doing with them. And uh, many of these will be, uh, will be the first users for our product as we uh, start taking out the product into the market. Excellent, Gujarat Paul. I'll definitely add the links in the show notes uh, as well as uh, some of the other information that you've mentioned. Thank you, Eman. Thank you, Elroy. That's it from India Fintech Diaries for this week. Do keep an eye out on our website, indiafintechdiaries.com for exclusive companion content on topics discussed on the show. And until next time, stay safe.